Yeah, thanks, Alan. Well, as I said earlier, it's great to be with you uh, this morning. Always uh, love the chance just to, to spend time with people in different churches, you know, because all over this country today, all over Europe, all around the world, people are getting together, people like this, uh, in small churches, in larger churches, and uh, whenever we have an opportunity just to be together, and just to encourage one another, that's, that's always good. Uh, Trish and I, we've been married now for almost 31 years, and um, it's, yeah, it's been fun. It's, uh, 31, yeah, every year is special. 30 was a special year last year, you know, 30, the big 3-0. So, but we try to make every year special. Um, anyway, we've been writing together for most of that time, and we never thought that uh, anything that we wrote would uh, ever be sung by anybody, because in those days... Uh, all the songs that we used to sing were written by dead people. Uh, all those great old hymns that I grew up singing. And actually, you know, we don't want to lose those hymns because they are a, a great legacy. And um, you know, that's not my particular style of music, but from time to time I will throw in uh, a hymn in what I'm doing because uh, these hymns are a great way of getting truth into our hearts as well as some of these new songs that we're singing. Uh, but uh, Trish, as well as us writing together songs Trisha also writes prose and, and poetry so just before I share just a few thoughts that I, I feel are important to encourage us this morning I asked Trish to, to read one of her little um, poems to us thanks Trish it's not my height <laughs> this is called Clay will I let you break me open Change my plans and turn me round? Will I let you mould and shape me? Sift my heart so I am found only to be full of Jesus? Living every day for him, not dependent on the moment, tossed around by every whim? Will I go the extra mile, even when it's not my turn, without demanding rights or praises, feeling this is what I've earned? Will I step aside for others moving in to take a place that I thought was mine forever, mine to shape, my special space? Can I change a lifetime's habits, paths I've trod for years and years, believing I was God's anointed, pushing through the pain and tears? Now I see I am the clay and you're the craftsman molding dreams. Hold me in so you can fashion higher callings, heaven's themes. Give me grace and grant me vision far outside this earthbound life that I can be your vessel, holy and worthy of your sacrifice. Thanks, Trish. Uh, just unplug this. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about this morning and just how to really encourage uh, all of us here. And just had a sense uh, that we just need to think about the fact that there's this great treasure within us this morning. And uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, it talks about this precious treasure 
this light and power that now shine within us, it is held in perishable containers that is in our weak bodies. So everyone can see that our glorious power is from God and is not our own. Uh, is contained within this clay that is sitting on these seats this morning. There's a great treasure that God has placed in all of our hearts. And uh, as I said just earlier on, looking at becoming grandparents, quite an amazing thing. I remember looking at the four-dimensional scan of our, our little grandson. His name is Nolan. And uh, it's kind of interesting because it's a combination of my name, Noel, and uh, Amy's husband, Ryan. So Nolan kind of works. But Nolan means champion. And I, I kind of like that idea. You know, our names are really important. And, uh, and so when we're naming our kids, it's kind of part of putting vision into their hearts and lives. But um, when I saw this four-dimensional image... And uh, just thinking, wow, the detail, seeing the little hands, seeing the face. I was reminded of Psalm 139, which is one of my favorite psalms, that God knew us before we were born. And like modern technology is now able to give us these images. But just think that the creator has been seeing that for thousands of years. You know, oh yeah, four-dimensional scans, done that. You know, God's ahead of the game. And the psalm says that he has looked into our lives before we were born. He knew us. He knew us. That's incredible. And uh, I was thinking in the weeks before Nolan was born, just looking forward to seeing him in the flesh by God's grace and kindness. Um, Seeing this image but wanting to see the reality And just reminded that God is watching over every single one of us. So God has watched us since before we were born. And I believe that God has great dreams for you and for I. That God looks at us and sees the tremendous potential in all of our lives. And I guess a new child is like a a brand new computer. It's kind of like it's just there to be worked on. You know, it's like the hard drive is yet to be filled up with lots of stuff. And you just pray it's lots of good stuff that doesn't slow, slow the process down. But you look at our lives, and God is wanting to impart into us uh, some of his dreams and his desires. And he looks and he sees the potential. Trisha and I moved into a home 25 years ago, and it was a wreck. It was what you guys call a fixer-upper. But we could see the, the end process. We could see what it would become after years of tender, loving care. It's taken us a while. But you see, God looks at our lives and he sees the treasure. And he sees the potential. And he, lo- he doesn't look at the mistakes. And he doesn't look at the sin. The Bible says to me that he takes our sin and, and removes it from us as far as the east is from the West. And he doesn't, he chooses not to remember those things. He doesn't bring the past up every time. A friend of mine used to say years ago that, you know, when we come to God and say, God, I'm really sorry 
for what I did last week. Please forgive me. I won't do it again. The amazing thing is, God who knows everything, and knows what we're like, believes in us. He believes us. He goes, that's fine. And he takes that sin from us. And he chooses never to remember it again. So if we find we fall into sin again and we come back to God and say, God, I've done it again. God says, I'm sorry. What have you done again? I don't remember. Please refresh my memory. This is the wonderful grace of God. That God looks at us this morning. He doesn't look at our past, but he looks at what we are now. He looks at our future, which is fantastic. That's what he believes. See, he believes the best of you and me this morning. He doesn't believe the worst. He's believing in us to succeed as kingdom people for him, for his glory, because he sees the potential. And I just think that's fantastic. He approves of you and I this morning. He may not have approved of everything we've done, but he approves of us. And nobody grows and flourishes under disapproval. We grow and flourish under approval. And our God, he approves of us this morning. And we say, yeah, but, you know, I've had a bad week. I've had a bad year. And God says, hey, there's tomorrow. Let's start from tomorrow. Let's, Let's put the past behind us. Let's look forward to what God is going to do through us. And that is tremendously exciting. So I I just sense that God wants you guys to be encouraged this morning to look forward, to look ahead, to take hold of what Christ wants you to take hold of, to go for what God wants you to go for. Uh, The banking world, the credit card companies, they judge us on our past. If you want to go for a loan, you have a thing called a credit record. And they do a credit check to see whether your past means that you're going to be okay in the future. So the whole of the world system is designed to look at our past to see if we're any good for the future. Have you ever thought about that? What were you like at school? Hmm, okay. Yes, you're not suitable for this job. What were you like in your last job? Oh, you got fired. Hmm, sorry. So we always take references, hopefully good references, into a new job. Because that will help us to get a better job. Uh, I'd like to have a loan, please. Oh, let's have a look how you sorted out the last loans that you had. Oh, not very good. No, I'm sorry, we can't do anything for you. And and so it's all based on our past. But God doesn't base our future on our past. He bases our future on what Jesus Christ has done for us. So we come to him and say, hey, this is me. I'm weak. I'm clay. I'm human. And God says, I understand because I made you. And now I'll breathe my life into you. And through the power, the resurrection power that we were singing about earlier, that raised Christ from the dead, that's available to us every waking hour as we sang this morning. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead can dwell within us and change us daily Make us more like Christ. Make us more like God intended us to be. It's natural. We haven't got to strive and struggle. As we just keep ourselves open to God, that's what happens. We grow 
It's just like as we eat and as we drink, we grow. And as we just say, God, here I am. I'm going to walk with you daily. I'm just going to open up my life to you. It's a very simple process. We grow. We become more like God intended us to be. It's a very simple process. Sometimes as Christians, we make it so hard. If only I could read the Bible for an hour every day, maybe I'd grow more. If I could pray for... I mean, how many of us pray enough? No. See? How many of us read the Bible enough? And as somebody once said, how much is enough? Who says how much is enough? It's like we all eat different quantities of food. Like when we go to restaurants over here, we just choose one meal between the two of us. Uh, so we're a cheap date, Alan. It's, it's pretty good. Because we found that we, you know, we, go, we just carry all these boxes with us everywhere, to-go boxes, and we just can't manage that because of the generous portions that there are. So, um, you know, we have a different appetite. We're all, we all have different capacities for food and drink. We're all different. And it comes, it's the same with our spiritual capacities for reading, praying, whatever we do. We can't compare ourselves to somebody else. Years ago, I worked with an evangelist who wanted to prove how spiritual he was. And he was, he was just a pain in the neck. Because he would, he would get up every morning at, at 6.30 to pray. Because he said, you know, every morning... You know, Wesley got up every morning to pray at dawn. He got up to pray. So, you know, and I was this young, impressionable musician thinking, yes, I'm not worthy. I'm just a musician, you know. And the evangelists were always like a cut above the musicians. The musicians. I worked with Youth for Christ, and we had a music department and an evangelist department. I was in the music department under a guy called Graham Kendrick, who's uh, been a very good friend over the years. And he was, he was responsible for licking all of us ragtag group of musicians into shape. The evangelists, of course, they were slightly different. They were slightly more respectable than us musicians. We were the ones who never wore ties and jackets. You know, the evangelists always did that. That's why I like being a musician, because you can do that. And we're just thinking, what should we wear this morning? You know, like, so we're pretty okay, I think, this morning. But we never know whether it's a sport jacket and a kind of smarter shirt. But we think, well, it's hot here. You know, it's like... So I think we've managed to connect in, in, in what we should wear this morning. But, so I was working with this evangelist, and he was trying to impress how spiritual he was. So he was like a pain, getting up every morning and praying loudly. And of course, we were in bed. Because I don't know what you're like, but some people do jump out of bed in the mornings, and they say, you know, they fling back the curtains, and it's, good morning, Lord. And there's the normal people who just... <laughs> The first word on our lips is not Jesus. It's coffee. That's the first word on our lips. And then it's, oh, good Lord, it's morning. That's the reality. And what people failed to realize was Wesley got up at dawn to pray because when it got dark, he went to bed. Because they didn't have electricity. So that's why they got up early. I've got a friend, his name's Wayne Drain. We, we've been staying with him several weeks now in, in Arkansas. He's a great friend. But this morning, you know, I happened to go online first thing this morning when we woke up. And at 7.30, he was in the church building. He was online in the church building. Said, Wayne, go back to bed. I know he's the pastor and he's got to be there early. But 7.30 on a Sunday morning. And, but then he goes to bed at 10. You know, and like 10 o'clock every night when we've been in his home, he's like, he's wilting, his eyelids are going. Because he's a morning person. I'm a musician. I'm a late morning person. So we're all different. So when it comes to our capacities for God, don't compare yourself. 
to those sitting next to you. Some of you will pray in the morning. Some of you will pray in the evening. Some of you will pray all day. Talk to the Lord all day. We're all different. And God treats us all differently. So just allow God to do his work in you and to perfect you and just keep your life open to him and just live in his grace and his goodness on a, uh, on a daily basis. And as I said, you know, this potential that we have is fantastic. A co- community like this. I was reminded last week, we were with a, a friend of Alan's, uh, a guy called Bill Leckie, who is leading a church now in northwest Arkansas. And he was taking the, the scripture of the Great Commission. Um, you know, uh, as you go into the, into the whole world, going into the whole world and taking the gospel. And he said, you know, it's, it's not about going necessarily overseas. And it's fantastic, you know, these guys going to Berlin and, and talking to Alan about Zimbabwe. And it's great to be in a church, which is a local church, which has a global vision. I mean, that is fantastic. You know, and if you get the opportunity to, to, to get across to Europe or, or, or to you know, South America or wherever, if God pl- places it on your heart, just say, oh, I'm going to go. Because it just gives us a different perspective of what God is doing in the world. But B- Bill was reminding us last week that the scripture really literally translates as, as you were going. And, you know, we're all going every day. You know, we're, we're going into our place of work. We're going into the shopping areas. We're going into schools and colleges. And all of us are going on a daily basis, into our mission field. Often, as you leave some church car parks, you know, you see the sign, you are now entering your mission field. And for all of us, you know, God is saying, there's this treasure within you that you can share with other people. And uh, I think it was Francis, either St. Francis or Francis of Assisi, I always get the two confused, and he said, you know, Continue to preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Because sometimes it's our actions. It's, it's being good news and living good news, being a good neighbor, uh, being kind to others. It's those things that count more than anything. And then people start to ask questions, why do you do what you do? Sometimes we're, we're, we're trying to communicate to people who don't know Jesus but they don't understand because in, in 2 Corinthians, the early part of chapter 4, it says that their, their eyes have been blinded. You know, their, their eyes have been blinded to the, the good news of Jesus. And sometimes we just have to simply live out the gospel and for them to see it in action. And then they'll begin to ask their questions. Well, what's different about you? What's different about your marriage? What's different about the way you raise your kids? What's different about, what is it? There's something different about you. Well, I'm not going to tell you. That's the first thing you say. Oh, go on, tell me. No, you wouldn't be interested. So you keep them like, like a fish on a line. You know, you sort of like, oh, I'll tell you next week over coffee. I grew up in a Pentecostal church where we had to tell people every time we met somebody who wasn't saved, just in case they went to hell. You know, it's like, what will happen tonight if you... And, you know, sometimes there's a process involved, isn't there? How many of us became Christians the first time we heard the gospel? You know, for some of us, it was many times before we responded to the gospel. And, and sometimes we think we have to land that fish now. And we just need to be sensitive to know that whether that's what we should be doing. Or other times, just to simply say, no, I'll, let's, let's get together over coffee tomorrow and I'll talk to you about that. And I'll share with you what, what, why I'm a little bit different. But let's look for those opportunities to share this treasure. 
to be good news, to just live out the good news. Hebrews 13, um, verse 15, says, let's offer a continual sacrifice of praise to the Lord. And in verse 16 says, don't forget to do good works, because that's the sacrifice that God is pleased with. And, and, and the two go hand in hand. Uh, that scripture where, where Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And, and the second commandment, which is like the first, which means it's identical, they're, they're twins in the womb. You know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And there's the vertical and the horizontal acts of worship. We love God with all our heart. We love those around us. And, uh, and Jesus said it's as simple as that. Being a Christian is as simple as that. Living the kingdom life. And so we're in love with God. And God help us to, to love those around us. Help us to love our community. And help us to get this treasure that's in our hearts into the hearts of others. And, and that's the key. And there's, there's a fantastic treasure within your heart this morning. God's done a great work in you. And the best is yet to come because it's, it's going to get better. Uh, we're going to grow more like him. But as I look around at you all this morning, I just felt that God wanted me to say that. You are treasures. And it's there within you. And he's just wanting that treasure to break out in this community, in other nations, from this little fellowship here in Granbury in Texas, to touch this community. It's, uh, you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and the ends of the earth. And it's starting here. And for some of us it's going further. But, Lord, help us to get this treasure that's in our hearts. This potential that you've placed within us. What you see, God, this morning. Help us to see ourselves as you see us. Lord, open our eyes this morning. We sing that song, open the eyes of our heart. You know? And we just need to say, Lord, help me to see myself as you see me. And years ago, a guy who lives in Texas, he, he asked us as a group, to write down on a piece of paper what we think God thinks about us and what we would like to be for God. And maybe when you get a little time on your own later today, um, just take a piece of paper and say, Lord, what do you think of me? And just allow God to speak to you. Just wonderful words of truth about how terrific he thinks you are and how much he loves you and say God and then begin to sort of say well God this is what I would like to do for you I know I can never repay what you've done for me but you know this is what I'd like to do and let's allow God to open up our imaginations as to how we can in our lives get this treasure out into the lives of others how we can serve God with these years that we have. And uh, what I'd like to do is just to sing a couple of songs, if, if I may, Alan, just to uh, bring these few words to a conclusion. And I often hang what, I, what I, I say on the songs. It's like the songs kind of um, come out of what I'm feeling God is saying to us. And I, I really feel that 
in these days God is just wanting to break the church open into the, into the community this precious gift that we have and um, I write with different people because I find this, this strength in doing that and uh, there's a friend of mine in England who leads worship for Alpha and he travels around um, different countries leading worship at the Alpha conferences and he's an Anglican so he, he comes with, with liturgy and he reads prayer books and stuff like that. So it's kind of refreshing working with Dave. And Dave and I have written a couple of songs together. And one is called Great is the Love, uh, the Light that Shines. And he said there's this little prayer that we pray. You know, the, uh, we who the Spirit lights bring light to others. And you know, the light of Christ has come to our lives. So... As we go out from here and as we go into the week ahead, just allow that light to shine. And just look for opportunities when God might just want you to pray with somebody. When God might simply want you to give a word of encouragement. Where God might want you to do something by way of an act of kindness for your friends or your neighbors.